The forest fires in the West are racing Climate change is real, and it is caused by man-made greenhouse gas pollution, and it poses significant threats to humanity. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever and whenever you are. Welcome to Ag Students for Facts, a podcast by young adults in ag programs looking for the truth about different topics relating to our government, our world, and our planet. Today we are recording on Quinnipiac land, otherwise known as Central Connecticut, and this is your daily reminder that we are all living on stolen land. I'm Maddie. I'm Brooke. I'm Vanessa. This week we are talking about the effects of climate change on natural disasters like tropical storms and wildfires, and also how these have affected human health and livelihoods. So the first kind of natural disaster we are going to talk about today are tropical storms, specifically hurricanes. So Maddie, talk us through it. What's going on? What's the situation? All right. So in regards to tropical storm activity, 2020 has been quite a record breaker. The most recent hurricane was Hurricane Delta. It was the 25th named hurricane of the season, which is outstanding compared to the average season. The average season is 12 storms. Three of those would become major storm systems. This year has had 27 tropical or subtropical storms, 26 named storms, nine hurricanes, and then three major hurricanes. It is really important to realize that this hurricane season isn't even over yet. So NOAA, also known as the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, had predicted that the 2020 hurricane season would last until November 30th. This year has been the second most active season on record and is also the second season to feature Greek letter naming. In regards to the Greek letter naming, um, every year the hurricane season has a specific set list of names they use. Once they use up all those names, they they move on to using Greek alphabet for naming the storms. So essentially these storms are getting stronger and more frequent. So Maddie, what is causing all the storms? Why are there so many happening right now? That's a great question. So basically a difference in air pressure creates a storm to form. And in order to understand why there are so many storms, you need to know the recipe, so to say, of a hurricane. According to NOAA, you need a pre-existing storm system, warm water, thunderstorm activity, and a large difference between wind speed and direction. This year's ocean temperatures have been unusually warm, sea level pressure is low, and the right wind conditions have led to an increase in storms. Not only are there a lot of storms, they have gotten really intense. So Maddie, what is the connection to climate change? Just to clarify, the reason that there are so many storms doesn't have a connection with climate change. Climate change has been making these storms more intense. An example of this is Hurricane Delta. The Weather Channel reported that Delta may be the fastest growing storm going from from a tropical depression to a category four in just under 36 hours. The amount of storms that will reach category four or five is also predicted to increase as the global temperature increases as well. Firstly, tropical storm rainfall rates are predicted to increase by 10 to 15% if the global temperature rises by just two degrees Celsius. Since the 1970s, the sea surface temperature of the Atlantic has been rising. Recently, some evidence has pointed that it's increasingly rapid These temperature increases are linked to greenhouse gases. On top of that, earlier I said that you need warm ocean temperatures to create a hurricane. Warm ocean water is like the fuel to a fire for hurricanes. So now we have warmer ocean temperatures that lead to stronger, more destructive storms that create so much damage. So how is this affecting the people? 
In the case of Hurricane Delta, there were three deaths linked. By the time it made landfall, it was a Category 2 storm. Around 688,000 customers lost power in Louisiana. Louisiana was also hit by Hurricane Laura in late August. That one was a Category 4 and recorded 30 deaths. Hurricane Laura also reported five deaths in Texas. Uh, some areas are constantly being hit by hurricanes, and it's been really destructive to people's lives. Constant evacuation, people's houses are being destroyed, etc. With intenser hurricanes and tropical storms, there's going to be an increase in deaths. There are also going to be long-standing effects like flooding, destruction of buildings, knockdown power lines. So Maddie, there's all this destruction going on. Things are not looking good. How is leadership responding to this situation? So obviously there are organizations for disaster relief and places to donate money and resources to areas that have been hit by these intense storms. In terms of the government, during the vice presidential debate, Vice President Pence was asked if he believes the science suggesting hurricanes are becoming wetter, slower, and more damaging. He responded by saying, quote, there are no more hurricanes today than there were 100 years ago, end quote. Our government's leaders aren't willing to recognize how dangerous storm systems can be, and just ignoring the reasons as to why this is happening, and also the statement was just plain out incorrect, so now this false information is floating out there for anyone to hear, which is disappointing to say the least. That's pretty much it. Climate change has been making really intense storms that are increasing at an alarming rate. We're going to move on and talk about climate change and wildfires. So Brooke, can you tell us the current situation going on with wildfires? Sure. Okay, so basically a wildfire is a very large fire that spreads very quickly in areas such as forests, woodlands, and brush. They're extremely hard to control and they're extremely destructive to the environment and harmful to many people. In 2020 alone, there have been over 50,000 wildfires and over 4 million acres burned. There have been 43 deaths, over 1,300 buildings destroyed, and over $2 billion worth of damage done by these fires. It's beginning to be a huge problem in places like California and Australia. That's kind of an overview as to what has happened so far in 2020. Brooke, how does climate change connect to the wildfires? The biggest connection between the climate change and the wildfires is warming air temperatures. The warm temperatures and drier conditions can help spread the fires and make them harder to put out. The planet has heated continuously since the late 1800s. Since then, the global average temperature went up 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, 1 degrees Celsius. These fires mainly started when humans began to burn massive quantities of fossil fuels, releasing carbon dioxide that traps excess, excess heat in the atmosphere. In California, where most of the wildfires have been taking place this year, it's close to 3 degrees Fahrenheit. If hot air is not at 100% humidity, it soaks up water from whatever it touches, any plant, living or dead, and soil, lakes, and rivers. The hotter and drier the air, the more it sucks up, and the amount of water it holds increases as, as the temperature rises. Short-term droughts and heat waves are really impactful for drying the environment. It ignites so easily that it can often help speed along a fire spread. When large areas of forest burn, they most likely won't be able to self-regulate. These fires are killing very large passes of conifers, 200, 300, 500, and 1,000 acre patches. How did the wildfires affect us and the environment in general? So the wildfires have affected us in quite a few ways. The wildfires endanger the lives of everyone, even if they aren't close to them. The smoke endangers us because it can reach thousands of miles from the fire. 
The fire spreads lots of air pollution, and this can cause breathing problems for even healthy people. It can be worse for people with underlying conditions such as asthma, diabetes, and heart diseases. One of the pollutants found in wildfire smoke is particle pollution, which is a mix of very tiny solid and liquid particles suspended in the air. Particle pollution triggers asthma attacks, heart attacks, and strokes, and can also kill people. Another chemical found in the wildfires is carbon, carbon monoxide. This is a colorless, odorless gas most common during the smoldering stages of a fire and in close proximity, proximity to the fire. Inhaling CO reduces oxygen delivery to the body's organs and tissues and can lead to headaches, nausea, dizziness, and in high concentration, premature death. The fires have also destroyed many, many acres of land and destroyed thousands of buildings. Um, so, Brooke, all these terrible things are happening. People are dying. Communities are being devastated. How can we, even in New England, how can we help to alleviate the problems they're facing? So, at the end of this podcast, we will be providing links that you can go to to learn more about how you can help prevent the spread of these wildfires and help fix the damage that has been done by the fires. Here are some ways that you can help prevent the fires from starting and or spreading. You should always report unattended fires. You should always extinguish extinguish fire pits and campfires when done. Don't ever leave a fire unattended. Do not throw lit cigarettes out of your moving car. Use caution when using flammable liquids. Only use fireworks in clear areas with no woods nearby. And be aware of and obey the laws regarding to open fires, including campfires in your area. Before we move on from this topic, I just wanted to say what Smokey the Bear would want me to say. Only you can protect forests from fires. Thank you very much. Today's episode is sponsored by It's Only Natural Market. It's Only Natural Market has built their business on customer service and integrity. If you are looking for some organic, eco-friendly products, make sure to check out their store. Thanks again for sponsoring this episode of Ag Students for Facts. Our final topic today is how the natural disasters that we have discussed so far affect human health and livelihoods. Okay, Vanessa, can you tell us about the situation? So there have been fires in a number of different areas recently um, in 2019 and 2020 with the Amazon in Australia. The West U.S. just seems to be just perpetually on fire. Um, so hundreds of people are dying as a result of these fires. Tens of thousands of people are homeless, um, whether they're forced to evacuate and cannot get back into their homes or whether their homes are actually burnt down by the fires. Um, so some of the physical health risks from wildfires include burns, smoke inhalation, heat stroke, as well as inhalation of various chemicals that may be in the smoke, like Brooke was talking about earlier, particulate matter like um, carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxides, um, even like formaldehyde has been found in some of the uh, in some of the smoke, which is a known carcinogen. Um, and Brooke kind of touched on this earlier, but I would really want to emphasize it here. A lot of this, we would, I don't want to say we would be able to deal with it normally because we could not, let's be real. Um, but given that we are being affected by this while we are also grappling with the pandemic, which is still here, wear your masks, everyone. Brooke was talking about earlier, pre-existing conditions like asthma um, can be really um, 
kind of irritated by these things that are in the air as a result of the fires. So people with pre-existing conditions and different respiratory infections can really be at risk. Um, and so you really wanna make sure if you are in an area where there is smoke in the air and you do have asthma or you do have a respiratory infection, make sure you're wearing your mask um, anytime you're outside to protect your lungs. Those are some of the physical health risks from wildfires. And then some of the physical health problems caused by hurricanes include evacuation. Also, another thing that's really big right now is uh, normally during these instances with the wildfires and the hurricanes, we would evacuate to, or the people affected would evacuate to congregate shelters um, like schools or hospitals, areas of high ground or that are far away from the epicenter of the disasters. However, because of COVID-19, um, it's called congregate shelter when you have a large number of people in a small area, and that's not really an option right now. So that is a concern as well. So what have been the impacts on mental health specifically? Okay, so um, as you can imagine, right, these people are these people who are in the frontline communities who are being hit the hardest by the fires, by the hurricanes. Um, in many cases, these people lose their homes. In many cases, again, like I said before, people are already under significant um, mental and financial stress because of the pandemic. People have used up their savings. A lot of people are on food stamps. Um, some people are already getting stimulus checks or things like that, um, government wage replacement. So it's very psychologically damaging and traumatic to have to go through this. And even like in the middle of the pandemic, which has already been so psychologically damaging for so many people. Um, so we're seeing an increase in uh, mental trauma, as well as the development of mental health disorders like PTSD, depression, and insomnia, as well as anxiety about just the future in general. Am I going to be able to go back to my home? Is my home still standing? Things like that. And what group of people have been most affected by these issues lately? Um, so as is the situation most times. Um, this isn't fair, this isn't right, but this unfortunately is how it is. Um, the people who have been most affected by uh, the financial and mental stress caused by these natural disasters have been poor communities, have been communities of color, um, as well as communities around oil refineries, which do tend to be lower income, do tend to be mostly people of color. Um, I read about the other day, this community in Texas, um, there are a lot of oil refineries. Um, their economies are very dependent on farming and subsistent work, manufacturing, um, oil and gas. Um, other industries that can be very easily disturbed and even disabled by hurricanes. They're some of the poorest parts of the country. So in the two days before the hurricane hit, some refineries in Texas released about 4 million extra pounds of air pollution in preparation for the storm because they knew that if it was still, if it was staying in the refineries, then it would catch on fire or it would explode or other things would happen. It's called flaring when they burn off all the extra chemicals. Um, but the thing about that is also in preparation for the hurricane, all of the air monitors in the area are turned off. So nobody knows what's in the air while they're breathing it. 
which is problematic for a number of reasons. Um, and again, with pre-existing conditions, many people around the refineries suffer from hypertension, chronic asthma, bronchitis, liver and kidney disease. So yeah, again, COVID plus hurricanes, plus pre-existing conditions, plus all of these extra chemicals in the air. Um, and then we have to get into environmental justice and environmental racism. Uh, many of these ill effects are being felt primarily by people of color because of redlining, zoning practices and racist covenants that have concentrated people of color into the areas around the refineries. What can we do to help alleviate the situation? There are a number of different links. Like Brooke said earlier in the description of this podcast, we're going to be including a collection of links that you can donate to different um, wildfire recovery funds, different Atlantic season hurricane recovery funds. Um, we're going to be including different numbers to call, including those of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, uh, the COVID-19 Disaster Distress Helpline, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, Trevor Project for Queer Youth. Um, so those will be included at the end of this podcast. And you can also find different information online on their website. Um, another thing people don't really think about a lot um, when it comes to trying to uh, help the situation with the hurricanes and with the wildfires um, is voting. Uh, the 2020 presidential election is in 11 days. Um, so please, 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 if you are not already registered, go register to vote. Go to IWillVote.com. There you can figure out um, how to register, as well as how you're going to vote in your state. Um, unfortunately, we cannot save the planet without the government. So please vote for politicians who care about climate change and have a specific and actionable plan for climate recovery, especially if you're female, especially if you're queer, especially if you're POC, especially if you're disabled. Your vote matters the most. Vote for politicians who care about you and who care about the earth that you are standing on. That's all for today, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and learned something new. Don't forget to take care of the planet because it's the only one that we have. And when it's gone, we're definitely not going to be able to get another one. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to follow and listen to us on any platforms you can listen to podcasts. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Climate change is real and it is caused by man-made greenhouse gas pollution and it poses significant threats to human life.